Life Happens is the podcast that is empowering people to build mental fitness and make positive changes to their everyday lives. Hi everyone, I'm James Gwinnett, endurance athlete and the marketing director of 87%, and it's my absolute pleasure to speak to inspirational people from the worlds of adventure, business, intelligence, sports, the military and more, to get their take on life's ups and downs, the setbacks they've overcome, how they've dealt with failure, and what it means to them to build positive mental health. So let's get to it with this week's guests who have set themselves the incredible challenge of beating a world record, not just any world record mind, the record of rowing 3000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean. The current record for a three woman team stands at 49 days, 13 hours and 49 minutes. And the We Are Extraordinary team will try to break that when they take on the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge later this year. I'm joined by two of the team members who I should add are already veterans of the ocean, having taken part in the famous Clipper Around the World race in 2017. That is a mere snapshot of their stories. I'm very excited to dig a little deeper. Welcome to Life Happens, Abby Johnson and Kat Cordoner. Thank you for having us. It is my absolute pleasure, ladies. Now, as you know, we are a mental health platform. The first question I ask all of our guests is, how are you? Well, I'm a mixture of overwhelmed and excited at the moment, to be honest. Overwhelmed because I've gone back to work in a new job, which is much bigger. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on, Um, coupled with our challenge, which there is a huge mountain of stuff to get through, let alone, you know, the training, but also super excited about both of those things. Um, And... uh, and kind of can't wait to really get to, to November when we have to kind of fly out to La Gomera. So a mixture, overwhelmed and excited, I think, for me. What about you, Abby? I love your honesty, Abby, yeah. Um, well, t- today, I'd have to say I'm also feeling a bit overwhelmed. I've just had one of those days, you know, just where was up early, Had a, I'm, I'm a rowing coach, so we had an early morning session, handy being a rowing coach to uh, row an ocean, but had an early morning session and then just everything seemed to go wrong, you know. I work with um, teenage girls and, I don't know, I felt exasperated at the end of the day, but um, I've had a cup of tea, turned my music on really loud in the car on the way home and, you know, here we are. But, you know, on the whole, pr- pretty good, but today was just, just one of those days. I like the fact I don't like the fact. I appreciate the fact that you have had not a not a fantastic day. But was there a was there a point this afternoon where you where you were able to just reflect for a couple of minutes on why it hadn't been a good day and therefore put de-stressing actions in, into play? You know, loud music like you, like you say in the car on the way home. Yeah, I, th- I think um, for me, lots of it was external factors today that weren't within my control, and like I let them really get to me so you know there's a grumpy colleague and 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 some of the girls didn't quite do what we wanted them to do and and it was just these external factors that really got to me and then I think I had a bit of a rant at my boss and he was like don't worry I get it um and then I thought I I sort of just took a step back and I was like okay I couldn't control any of that I don't just basically take a deep breath go home tomorrow's another day yeah, uh, I got to the end of the day and I thought, oh, that just didn't go the way I wanted it to go. But tomorrow's a new day, so we'll we'll start again. But that, I mean, it's a good message in itself. It's a very productive way of looking, looking at things. Having the opportunity to vent and communicate is incredibly important. Also, 
realizing what can be controlled and what can't and accepting accepting those and as you say you can't control what you can't control and moving on yeah so in, it's a very positive way of looking at it in rowing we've always like I've, I've been rowing since i was young we've always had this thing and it's um control the controllables so obviously the flip of that is don't worry about the things you can't control and i think it's probably something we'll be saying to each other a lot cat on the boat when we get out there you know and things are going wrong like just control what you can control and yeah don't worry about the weather or what the other boats are doing or whatever. Um, control the controllables. So it was one of those days today. Excellent. Let's come on to the rowing. You have thrown yourself into this, this monumental challenge of, of, of rowing an ocean. What was it about the Talisker race in particular that appealed? Why not climb a mountain or run a marathon across a desert or you know there's all of these different opportunities out there what was it about the Atlantic Ocean? Well I've climbed some mountains and I've done a marathon um, but I think my why the, the Atlantic I think Abby should answer first because primarily the reason I actually originally when we started about doing this was because as you mentioned Abby and I did we took part in the clipper around the world um, yacht race and when we got to Seattle and we were going to be getting off, that was the end of our, our the race for us, so to speak. Um, you know, a lot of people were talking about, well, after that experience, like what next? Because surely nothing is going to feel as, you know, amazing as what we've just done. And Abby said, I've always wanted to row the Atlantic. And I said, OK, I'm in. So that's how it started for me. The reasons now are slightly different, but um, maybe Abby can talk about why it was, you know, something that she'd thought about doing for, for a very long time. Um, yeah, well, I um, rode competitively when I was at school. I rode for Great Britain when I was younger. Um, and I'd sort of, in terms of that side of things, like competition, ticked. All of those boxes, well, not all of them. I could have gone to the Olympics. Well, no, I couldn't. But you know, that would have been the, the next, the next thing to to try and aim for. But um, I sort of ticked all of those boxes that I wanted to tick. Um, and I had just seen this ocean rowing race, and I thought, oh, that scares me. No thanks. And then, sort of, you have that thought, and then you, I don't know. Why does it scare you? What is it that you can't do? Like why? why can't you do that? Well, other people are doing it and you've, yeah. you know, and then I think I sort of put it to the back of my mind. And then like Kat said, we did the clipper. Um, and, you know, there were some really scary bits in that. And there were points where, I mean, there was one stay which where, well, Kat can tell you about it, but um, up on the bows, we're in these 60 foot waves. We'd got someone with a broken hand and we'd destroyed mm -hmm. sails and all of this. And in those moments when you're scared, you're like, well, actually I can do it. Yeah. So, you know, I can do it on a 70 foot boat with 20 people. Yeah. We can we can do it on a 23 foot boat with three people, right? I, yeah. love, I love the fact that yet yet you get stories of, of sort of agreeing to do these things whilst uh, slightly inebriated in the pub, don't you? You're sort of challenged by your mates. But I love that. Uh, I love the fact that you've, you've done this, decided this off the back of another challenge. I do think with the row, um, for me anyway, so I'm not a rower, I've never rowed, um, and I liked the idea of doing something where it's not a skill that I have. But I think what's really interesting about the row versus, say, the clipper race is that 
you know, it's only us that's responsible for everything on that boat. If something breaks, it's us three. Um, you know, on, on this race, on the clipper race, we had, you know, a professional skipper who, whatever happened de facto, you know, you could turn around and they've probably been in this stuff before. But, you know, for us, I think it's it's all of that, you know, we're navigating now, we're fixing stuff, someone's ill, what do we do? Because actually that's one third of your team potentially not able to row or two thirds or really unfortunate, we're all ill. Um, but I love that kind of self-sufficiency um, angle to the race, which is very different from anything else I've ever done. Sure. And I'm, I'm fascinated by your take on on this, this sort of scary, exhilarating, you know, coming off the back of, uh, of another challenge and, and particularly by your own concept of what's, what's possible. Abby, in particular, you, you were just saying that, you know, what, why can't I do this? And, and I, I do a lot of long distance running. I get a lot of people that tell me when I talk about it, their sort of initial response, immediate response is, I could never do that. And mm. I find it very interesting that people are so quick to, to limit themselves and, you guys have said, no, there's no limits. We're going to take this on. What would you say to someone, anyone that, that doubts their ability to take on a challenge? It doesn't have to be rowing the Atlantic. It could be a, a daily struggle. What would your, your message be? I mean, I spoke to somebody. I'm often at work. People say, I can't believe you're doing this. And to your point, they say, I could never do it. And I always answer the same thing. And it's like, you can. Now, whether you want to do it or not, is a different story um but of course you can I think you know there's very few things that you can you know that limit your ability and I think the mind is incredibly powerful in these things because a lot of the time it's up here that says you know that's reserved for people like x you know they're the people that are going to be doing those kind of challenges but I think you know if you want to um it's totally possible like anything is really um and there's no for me there's no magic you know secret to it it's it's about one whether you really want to um and then if you do then you just sort of have to crack on and 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 work towards whatever it is that you want to do um I don't know what you think Abby I think I had an interesting conversation with someone actually after we did Clipper and she was a sailor and um she said isn't it amazing how adaptable people are so we'll sit sit at home behind our desks or while I'm a rowing coach, sit out on the water and that becomes the norm. And and my body isn't capable of doing something so far from mm. that. Mm. But you put yourself, you know, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in freezing temperatures for 31 days. And of course you can do it. Well, and I think that's why so many people get to Seattle or wherever they got off the boat or people that row an ocean or run endurance, you know, races. Yeah. They get to the end and they're then looking for something else because their perception of the norm yeah. has been so changed. Your body is incredible. And, you know, I'm just thinking back to heart surgery and literally the day after they were like, the physio came around and said, you've got to get out of bed. And I was just like, absolutely no way is that possible. Like, I mean, not for nothing, chest drains, you name it. I was in so much pain and agony. And they were like, you've got to get out of bed. It's important. You can't get pneumonia or whatever. And they said, it doesn't matter. We're going to take however long it takes, but we're going to get you out of bed. And I got out of bed. It was not comfortable. 
and I had to sit in a chair for a while. And every day they made me do the same until eventually you're obviously a bit better. But I think back to how awful that was at the time. It's a distant memory now, but actually like your body just does it. So I think, yeah, I think to your comfortable point, Abby, I think we're also, you know, sort of, I guess, shy of a bit of pain or a bit of uncomfortableness physically as well. It's not natural, you know, we don't want to be hurting, but your body's ability to push through those situations, like on the boat when we're rowing and we've got blisters all over our hands and our bums and any other place we could possibly get them, which they don't advertise with the race, um, you will be able to, to just keep going because you know you can, it's a bit of mind over matter in, in that respect. You, you, well, you mentioned, you mentioned blisters. Um, talk me through some of the difficulties that you'll, you'll face on a, on, a, on a boat for... How long have you got, James? Many, yeah. Many. Because honestly... <laughs> Summarise them. Crikey. Um, Fatigue, yeah. obviously. Maybe hallucinating um, because of tiredness, sleep deprivation, obviously, because you, you're consistently rowing. Um, the sea salt, the sores, the salt wounds, etc. I mean, oh, whether that's on the bum, anywhere that something rubs, the hands, um, you know, are some of them. What else, Abby, Cap do you think? Capsizes. So there have been, you know, a few capsizes in the last few races and um, will always be clipped on. But obviously in the middle of the night, finding yourself, you know, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, um, I think is pretty hairy thought for everyone um actually on last year's races they had a few marlin attacks um <laughs> so where you know marlins were fishing for fish around the boat and their spike you know marlins are the ones that put the big long spike came through the boat um literally punched a hole in the boat i mean that you know you we have all of this training like all of the worst case scenario type things um but, you know, nobody had ever spoken to them about Marlin attacks before. And then there were four on the last race. So that's now something we're thinking through as well. But, yeah, just I think that for me, probably the the physical fatigue and like, yeah, just exhaustion will be, you know, touch wood. We won't have a capsize and we won't have a Marlin attack. And, you know, there won't be a close shave with a ginormous um, tanker. But, um, you know. Yeah. I think it's that personal uncomfortableness because those things are like tiredness, you know, hopefully we're, you know, we're working on, on getting our bodies into, you know, a bulletproof state for, for the row. But, you know, if you end up with an injury, but blisters and things like that on your hands where actually like you need to use them to actually row and get you to the other end. I think that's the challenging thing because it's how do you just kind of zone out on the fact that things are hurting whilst you're doing your two hour shift and then your next two hour shift. And then, you know, <laughs> do you get to the other end? The 49 days. In before 49 days. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. I think that's going to be the, the difficulty. Okay. I, think. I mean, this is obviously, so it was, it was a very open question. You know, the problems that will be faced is there's, there's countless. I, I want to, I, we'll come on to the, the training. Um, mm. As I do want to touch on this, this idea of, of comfort, you've been talking about mm. it. I'm fascinated by by this idea of putting ourselves through discomfort because the the perception is that we like to be cosy and and but I think actually it's it's human nature 
to, to want to experience a range of different emotions and sensations. It's, for me, it's the reason that I, I, I do long distance running, but for, for normal people who aren't doing mad, mad challenges, it's the reason that we watch sad movies and eat spicy food. And you know, these, these things cause us to an extent, emotional and physical pain, but we, we, there's, a, there's, there's something deep down that actually we get satisfaction and enjoyment out of coming through them, I believe. I'd, I'd be interested in your, your take on that. Yeah, I, I think that's like totally it. And then I think that's the answer is that, you know, you appreciate at the end of it, you know, how amazing your body has been or how mentally resilient you have been or all the things that you are capable of by doing it. It's a bit like COVID, you know, how excited was everybody to get back to the pub when we're just taking the pub for granted, but it had been taken away from you. You know, I just think your home comforts and all of those things, when they're gone out the window, you sort of get down to, well, it's just me and these oars and then, and pain and exhaustion and everything. And from what we've heard, the highs at the other end are like nothing else. You know, everybody said crossing that finish line, you know, the flares photo is the, the grins on these people's faces. And I just think, like, I want that. I've been chasing that feeling my whole life, you know, a 2K erg test, a race down a course, like I'm happy with the pain and all of that discomfort because I'm chasing that high. Um, yeah. And it makes it makes coming back to, to, to normal life, I suppose, all that more satisfying because of the, the home coming back to the home comes. But then also, if you if you think if you're going through a period of difficulty, if you if you can think to yourself, hang on a minute, I've rode the Atlantic, I can do, I can do this. For cat, it's going to be you know, I, when you were going through all your chemo and your radio and your, you know, and and it was grim as you can explain it, not me, but I remember saying to you like, God, rowing the ocean is going to be a doddle for you. This like getting three thousand miles across the ocean is going to be nothing compared to what you've done. So. Um, Abby, I was going to say you're a rowing coach. Surely it will be a doddle for you. I was going to no. come to, 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 to Kat and, and train. No, um, you've stolen my thunder. We hadn't we hadn't mentioned. Sorry. No, don't worry at all. Don't worry at all. We hadn't mentioned the key, the chemo. A big big question for mm. and and Kat, let's let's come to you. Is 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 why you know the big question why you're taking on this this incredible challenge? Perhaps you could share some of the. The things that you've gone through in the, in the last couple of years and and, and are still going yeah. through. Um, so I guess a a short plotted history, I guess, in terms of uh, what, what's happened in the last few years. Um, so in March 2019, I was actually undergoing um, egg retrieval because I wanted to freeze eggs. Um, and while they were doing that, they noticed something, took a biopsy, um, and basically found out it was cancer, uh, which was a massive shock because, you know, I, I do my regular cervical smear test that will come back fine, nothing untoward, but unfortunately it was a type of cancer that wouldn't have been picked up through that. Um, so actually I was lucky, fortuitous, that they found it when we were doing the egg freezing. So... I actually underwent a hysterectomy, radical hysterectomy. Um, we kept my ovaries in, did some more egg freezing, then they had to take them out. And I was in uh, remission for a period of time until actually during COVID, um, we were in lockdown in, in April, May, 
and I started to sort of get pains and uh, basically long and short it had come back um, the difference is this time it's not curable um, and so I embarked on chemo um, which was chemo and immunotherapy um, every three weeks and then underwent a period of six weeks of radiation daily Monday to Friday and then just to cap it off, because I'm super lucky, between the chemo and the rad, they uh, noticed a mass in my heart on one of the scans. And it turned out I had a um, rare cardiac tumour called a myxoma, um, which is benign, but uh, dangerous because if it breaks off, um, can cause strokes and worse. So then after I finished radiation, I had that removed um, in February. So that's kind of, you know, soup to nuts, so to speak, for the last few years. And I think, you know, more so, and I did say at the beginning, you know, <laughs> why the race? You know, it's because Abby suggested it and I said, fine. But I think now it's more, one, obviously, there's the fundraising for three amazing charities, which, you know, are instrumental both for me and, you know, family and friends that have used them, particularly with Macmillan. But also just to show that, you know, like, I think sometimes when you've got cancer, you kind of quickly almost become like the person with cancer. <laughs> and, you know, I'm super open about it, but it's kind of say like, yes, I'm going to be living with cancer. I'm in remission at the moment, but it doesn't change my long-term diagnosis. Um, and I don't know, you know, I was told I have years, uh, not decades. So it's really about, you know, fulfilling like the things that I want to do and proving that you can do it. You know, it's almost like that putting the can in cancer. Um, and as Abby will know, like I was managing to train through chemo, but because of the heart tumor, I had to stop in November. So it's been a bit of a rocky road for me. I'm only back training now, but I still think, and I did wonder, had that moment, and I spoke to our trainer about it, Gus, and I was just like, you know, physically, do we think you, we can get to where I need to be for this row? Because I don't want to let the girls down. And he was like, oh, absolutely fine and so I think there's an, an element of that pushing yourself but but showing that you can do it wow I mean I, I don't know where to start in response to all of that I mean Kat what a just the your your strength is remarkable um such such courage um one to to say as as as, as Abby Harlan to say all of that with a smile on your face <laughs> two to put yourself forward for well, you you'd already agreed to it as you say but <laughs> I mean it, it shows your incredible determination where where do you think you get that from I think now more than ever it's a question of like just do stuff there's no there's no for me like let's you know I'll worry about it next year or whatever because I don't I mean we all have a finite period of time on this planet and none of us actually know how long we've got I have unfortunately been told that mine is not going to be you know living here till I'm 80 um and I still don't get me wrong there's a, an element of of I still live in hope that you know I may well be a very you know 
in that small 1% or whatever that maybe makes it. But I think, you know, there's no point putting my feet up because, you know, time is finite and I don't want to, I want to focus on doing stuff that, that makes me happy and, and brings me joy. And I think the determination, I think is something I grew up with two older brothers and I used to hate that they could do stuff and I couldn't. So I was always like, okay, I want to be able to do that. I want to play that with them. I want to be able to run as fast as them. And, you know, I think that's still there in what I do that kind of, and also within myself, that competitive nature to say, well, yeah, like, as Abby says, we see people that have done it and it's just like, well, if they've done it, I want to be able to do it, you know? So I think it's a mixture of those things really that, you know, time is, is finite for us, me in particular. And also like, if they can do it, why not? It's a beautiful message um, to, to focus on things that, that make you happy. Um, yeah. A lot of people fail to find that that purpose in life, that 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 drive. Um, people obviously have different different um, definitions of of success yeah. in, in inverted commas. But um, th there's a famous phrase that uh, success without happiness is in fact failure. Yeah. So uh, it's, I, 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 it's a beautiful message. So 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 thank you. Um, let's we, we like to talk about failures, setbacks. Um, perhaps Abby, I could come to you. Are you are you happy to divulge yeah. a, a failure, your 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 biggest failure, a failure, and 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 how you've over you you overcame it, whether that's in in preparation for for the challenge or or otherwise? Yeah, I think um, for me, probably I spent a lot of my twenties looking for like that dream career. And I think exactly what you've just said, success without happiness is a failure. And I think I was spent a lot of, I was like, oh, I want to be in marketing and I can earn X amount of money doing this or, oh, no, actually I don't want to do this. And then I trained to be a teacher and, and you know, it's, it's not a major life failure. It's something that everybody goes through looking for the right career and stuff. But I think I just had this thought that I had to, be this or earn this amount of money or I went to this school and everybody from this school does this and and I think I I I didn't waste time because everything you do that's not for you is a learning block right like you you learn from it and and I knew after sitting in an office 14 hours a day I was like nope that doesn't work okay we'll go and we'll try a career in teaching because I love working with kids I was like no it's still not for me and I think you know, um, my dad said to me, Abby, you know, you can't just spend your whole life chasing rowing boats around the river. And um, and I was like, oh, would that be me being a failure? If like, if I'm a rowing coach and, you know, I've had this, I've got a degree and I've got a, um, a PGCE, like to teach languages and, and is that it? And then I think I just was like, no, do you know what? I just, being outside, being on the water, coaching rowing makes me really happy and I love it. And I'm, never going to make millions from it and I'm you know whatever but I think I just spent many years of my life thinking oh, I can't do that because you know it, it's not a good job or it's not whatever um and I think I probably spent too long trying to find something that maybe other people thought I should do when actually 
I just wanted to be a rowing coach and I love it. And was that something that you had to teach yourself it, to, to accept that actually what you had originally perceived as success wasn't in fact success and that actually you, you had to, in a way, you had to fail at, yeah. at doing that in order to succeed at something else? Did you have to sort of go through a process in order to accept that? Yeah, maybe. And, and I think it's still a work in progress. You know, some days like I come home and I'm just like, oh, really? Like, is, is this my, I don't know, aim in life? And, or, or I, don't, I don't know, I, I do question it because, you know, when you see other people off going on super fancy holidays or, you know, so much of social media and like the way we all live our lives now is everything shared and you see people buying expensive houses or nice cars or whatever. And I do sometimes just think like, oh, like I'm not going to be able to do that. But then I wake up every day and go and do a job that I love. So it's, you know, even even though today I, you know, kick the cat when I got home and have my music on super loud. But I think it's a work in progress. And I think, you know, some days I, I come home and I think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I did earn a shed load more money and, 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 you know, I could buy a fancy car and go on a really nice holiday, but actually 9.9 times out of 10, I love my job. I love, like, I love what I do. I love working with kids and I love being outdoors and I'm really lucky that I get to do that. Um, so I think it's a work in progress. I'm not, um, you know, it's, I think so much of it is just judging yourself on what other people do or have or think you should be is just not, you have to do what's right for you. It's a very important message that, and the, the, actually you haven't got it all figured out. You, 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 what you do does make you incredibly happy, but you appreciate yeah. that it's still a, it's still a work yeah. in progress. You know, you're not, you haven't reached that goal. It's, there's still. still and it's a, comp- it's a compromise. Let's. Um, have you both had a chance to play with the app? I have. have. Yeah. Great. Perfect. That helps my next question because I'm going to segue into from happiness into mental fitness and and using the app. What did you take from it? I found, so when you do all the questions at the beginning, I found it really interesting that like how much feeds into your, or, or the app's perception or our own perception of what mental fitness is you know like Mm. so much you know like how you think you look in the mirror versus how much money you earn you know what I was just talking about or how you know how happy you are with your job or your finances or your relationships like I think you know when you start going through it I think it really I was like oh actually all of it feeds in and just some things you don't think do and then by, by asking the questions, you know, and it said, you're thriving in this section. And I thought, oh, actually, I am. And I'm really lucky that I'm thriving in that section. And, you know, this section needs work. Cool. Well, that's a really good place on those days that I do feel like, you know, crying. That's the section that you work on. So I, th- I thought it was like really interesting, just everything that fed in to Did that. Did you have an idea of how... Or did you think you had an idea of how mentally fit you were before going through the questions? And, and did the, the results differ to where you where you thought you, you were? Or, or was your, your self-awareness is, 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 is an uh, element of this? Was, that, was, it, was it sort of on point, do you think? Yeah, I think it was. I think 
I what the you know score came out as is is where I think I would put myself if you'd asked me on the scale I, th I think it would have been pretty pretty close but I don't think I ever thought of all the factors that fed into it you know I just thought like oh do you wake up in the morning feeling happy or sad and it's that's that's not it you know there's so much more to it and I'd never factored that in so um I thought it was really interesting yeah Cam, what I about you so, I mean, similar to you, Abby, so I really love the idea of kind of assessing. I mean, I love, I'm a bit competitive as well. So I'm like, oh, how good am I at all these things? Um, you know, I was a bit nervous about doing it, if I'm honest, originally, when I was like, looking through it, because, you know, emotionally, um, you know, I am up and down, um, you know, and I know I talk about a lot of this stuff with a smile on my face. I am you know incredibly happy most of the time but I mean I have some horrendous days you know when um I am crying for most of it um so I was a bit nervous about doing it mainly because I was like oh god what's this going to tell me but actually I was also surprised at so to Abby's point around different things that impact you that actually there are some really good areas where I'm like oh yeah actually no despite all of this you know this is really good and I love that you know this is great in my life or this is great so it was I guess refreshing as well to see that yes going through you know still processing you know the sort of last year and two years in particular but yeah actually there's so much there's there's a lot of good stuff in my life which you know kind of it you know it doesn't probably bring me out at a thriving score like uh, Abby maybe in some of the places but but does actually you know bring you up to mentally being in a better state and I think Covid has impacted um, that a lot for a lot of people for that reason when you think about you know relationships you know seeing people which you know for me brings me joy like family friends being able to have a laugh with them and, and being in in company, having touch, you know, all of those things which haven't been around, I think has, has impacted a lot of people, myself included. But then obviously recently with stuff opening up, I, I was super pumped about going out and seeing girls and yeah, being in the pub, but actually it wasn't even about the pub. It was just being with people. So, you know, I liked... I like the assessment. I liked looking at kind of and thinking a bit more broadly about, you know, what does mental, you know, wellness, fitness mean? Because I think you do think, oh, to Abby's point, I'm feeling sad. But actually, when you reflect upon the different aspects of your life, I mean, thankfully, I was, you know, super happy, actually, in a lot of it. Um, sure, not happy with my my cancer diagnosis, but actually there's so much more um so it was quite refreshing in a way um to see that I know there's a few buzzwords there that you've you've not deliberately obviously but uh, that you you you've said that I can pull out and one is that reflection yeah and it's the the process of thinking about thinking mm. and, and actually taking taking stock taking time to we all have good days and we all have bad days provided you're you're mostly doing mostly having good days that that you know that that obviously is is a sign that you're you're you're, you're mentally fit and and, and and positive but it's the ability to appreciate that I'm having a bad day like like Abby did um Abby was saying earlier and and and, and assess why that that is important in, in helping us sort of drive through those 
those those those circumstances yeah and I, I think you know like with a lot of things as well I think carving out um some time to think about things I mean I'm also seeing a therapist so you know there's a lot of self-reflection there which is sometimes quite painful um but but a lot of that is is you know I get homework to go away and think about you know when you're having these certain feelings like what is it that's driving it like I really suffer with imposter syndrome and I have done for many years and I think being out from medical leave has has really uh kind of made it rear its head incredibly so and it's about thinking about we you know it's actually taking that time to sit down and go why do I think about why am I thinking that way you know what what kind of justifies that thought what negates it like how because I think you can very easily just let stuff take over and I think reflection is important in in so much of what we do and we don't often give ourselves a lot of time because we're always so busy aren't we doing eight million things um so yeah it was nice to kind of use the app and just sort of reflect on you know all of those different elements of life that make up our, our sort of mental fitness and and think about how where we sit you know within those those areas wonderful and and more more broadly i suppose sport exercise what what would you say about the the power of those two to help overcome mental barriers well i mean for me unbelievable um i think you know i mean i've always loved exercise anyway i've always been sporty but I have to admit through my biggest challenge going through treatment was not being able to exercise while I was having radiotherapy because I, it, it really, I think both, it gave me energy when I was having chemo um, despite obviously being tired, but it does give energy. And it's also just that sort of time to, I don't know, nothing's really going through your head much for me when I'm, whether it's, ex, you know, when I'm exercising anyway, it's like, I'm just, you know, I'm lifting this or, or I'm doing that. And it just really, and I used to train before I went and sat in a chair for, for 10 odd hours. Um, and it was incredible. And I noticed the difference the minute that I couldn't exercise. Um, and then even going back in the last two weeks, already my mood is just so much better um, for it. So for me, like it's, it's key and it doesn't have to be lifting weights even if it's walking I mean seeing daylight um you know I, I work in an office albeit at home so you know I am sat at a chair which you know Abby would die if she was doing um I, I don't particularly warm to being sat in a chair either but you know seeing daylight and getting out and, and moving which is what our bodies are made for I think it has a for me it has a radical shift change in my um both my mental state and just happiness. I don't know about you, Abby. Yeah, I think for me, it's just about getting out and being active. And then I find that that filters into every other part of my life as well. So if I can take some time to get out and go for a run or sit on the rowing machine or do some weights, I just find that it then, you know, filters into every other part of my life and I'm a bit more proactive yeah. in my job or I'm a bit more I, I don't know it just sort of yeah more energy yeah absolutely it's good discipline as well isn't it good discipline yeah. good routine good energy good good positivity yeah. good good everything 
yeah, I mean, I'm a rowing coach, so I really couldn't couldn't sing uh, exercises praises enough, really. Let's come on to uh, a few. There's a few questions I ask all our guests. Abby, I'm going to come to you first. Is there anything that is an absolute non-negotiable that you do regularly to help your mindset or improve your mood? Um, well, exercise probably. Um, but actually, I think the other thing is I just call my mum and talk talk about it. You know, just literally, she lives on the other side of the world, and I I call her most days. She lives in New Zealand, and work like my parents do, and. I just call her and just talk about it. And, you know, sometimes just ringing up and saying, I feel really crap and talking about it with someone just, just, you know, lightens the load. And so um, if I can't exercise, I'll call my mum. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, that's a, I love that you have that, uh, obviously, a very strong relationship with your with your mum. Cat, what makes you good at what you do? Um, I think uh my emotional intelligence so you know I end up uh what I call herding cats at work a lot of the time so a lot of time spent with people so emotional intelligence um and I think the other side of it is that I'm just super happy-go-lucky normally like a bit of a motivational kind of person so you know whenever you're in a crap situation I'm normally like how can we make this more fun um, and I think it's important that you have fun in, in what you do. Um, and that for me works at both work and in any of the challenges. So I think they're the two things that, that make me good. Fantastic. No, that's great. Uh, Abby, what would you say to a young Abby? Oh, I, you know, I don't know because I don't have it figured out yet, but I think it would just be, to, oh, to almost like live your own life don't compare yourself by anybody else's standards you have to do what makes you happy um and that'll be the right thing cat any yeah. ideas people things places books uh etc that you have taken inspiration from recently it sounds a bit contrived but the inspiration that i genuinely get is actually from everyday people that i bump into um you know, whether it's a girl that I work with and have become friendly with as well, um, who has had cancer since she was 18 months old. And over the years, it's destroyed her body in various forms, the treatment, etc. And she's now going through treatment still and still works, still works like an absolute boss. So she slays it in the office and she's got four kids and she's still smiling as well. And I just sit there and I'm like, you are a complete legend or you know people where I volunteered with and you see they devote a lot of their time to volunteering to help others and I just think that's incredible so it's really in for me it's the the people around you that you meet and I just think that a lot of it's to do with selflessness as well like I think that to me is hugely motivational the number of people that that donate their time and effort for others um, you know, sometimes at their own expense. Like that's what I find truly motivational. Inspiration from the everyday. I love yeah. that. It's right there in front of us. Um, and if people would like to get in touch, uh, follow you on social media, you obviously have to um, support for the, the race. How do they how do they do that? So our um, 
Instagram, our social media um, is we are extraordinary, but extraordinary is spelt O-A-R. Mm-hmm. Get it? The pun or so we are extraordinary. Um, and that's our website's the same. Um, and you know, we've got GoFundMe's and Virgin um charity pages and stuff people can donate and um so we are extraordinary ladies i am going to wrap things up there it is um absolutely remarkable to 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 speak to you you are you are taking on such an incredible challenge uh and you are doing it where there's a bit of uh, anticipation and a a, a bit of worry perhaps they're floating around but i think the, the smiles and the um the acceptance that, that this is going to be an adventure rather than a, you know, a horrible, grueling challenge. The fact that you're, you, you're so positive about it, particularly cat in light of your, your difficulties, you know, I think it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, but I also love that you're so in check with your, your emotions. You've said that you, you know, you said that you cry, but but at the same time, you're you're you're, you're mostly uh, mostly positive, and it just seems like you're having the absolute time of your lives. I'm very much looking forward to uh, keeping track of progress, um, and we will uh, wish you the absolute best of luck for the uh, for the challenge. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I was blown away by the positivity of that conversation especially given Kat's situation her strength in the face of adversity is nothing but inspiring and it's a strong message to us all to strive to get as much as we can from life what I find amazing too is these women aren't professional adventurers or world-renowned explorers they just have a dream and the mindset to go after it there's nothing holding us back except ourselves as always if you enjoyed the interview please like it share it and subscribe to the 87% YouTube channel and look out for the next episode of Life Happens coming soon.